Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome back into this bonus episode of the Above the Rim podcast. It is Friday, August 28th, and yes, I said bonus episode. I like to do these whenever time allows me to. Look, I work full time, so it's not always easy to get in front of the microphone and record these episodes, but today I had some time, and I felt like this week so much happened in the world of basketball and the world of sports that it just really deserved an extra episode here. So today, let's get into what I'm going to talk about, and on this episode, I'm going to talk more about the boycott and everything of that nature, because simply yesterday, I just couldn't get out everything that I wanted to say about it. It was a short podcast. I had trouble all day trying to think about what I was going to say and I was just really stressed about it all day long really so we're going to get more into that and then also I just felt like we didn't really have enough time to cover the NBA games going on this week and I know I tried to cover them really shortly in about four to five minutes but I just feel like that wasn't long enough if you know what I'm saying I really want to get down and dirty in these NBA games and really look at these matchups and tell you guys what I think will happen this weekend by the time we get to next week's episode on Tuesday. So it just really deserves another episode this week. So I can't wait to get this thing started. So let's go. Now I have to tell you guys, I am feeling a lot better after just a tough and heavy week this week in the world of sports and just the world really seeing all this happen again and everything of that nature. I am feeling a lot better today, I'll tell you that. And I would just like to start off by thanking everyone for the feedback and support from yesterday's episode. Look, yesterday's episode was very heavy, much like this whole week, much like all sports shows have been all week. And honestly, it was not an easy one for me to do for sure. Um, I even debated even doing a podcast episode all day yesterday just because I was stressing about what to say. And, you know, it's just so hard to do episodes like this for a couple of reasons. You know, issues as complex as this one are just hard to talk about. And to be honest with you guys, sometimes I just feel inadequate to give my opinion on such complex and intricate topics such as this one. But I do want to say I appreciate the feedback because I did really struggle all day to formulate what I wanted to say. And even though I debated not doing one, I definitely thought it was important to show you all where I stand. And it's also just important to keep this conversation going. You know, one of the things I thought about yesterday was if I really want to occupy this space in terms of podcasting and sports and all that, then I can't avoid this topic. I can't and I won't. So I thought it was important to let you guys know really where I stand. And like I said, I just appreciate all of the support. It wasn't easy to think about what to say all day. I stress about it and all day. I, I mean, even when the episode started, you guys listened to it. I mean, I I still didn't even know what to say, and I still couldn't say everything that I wanted to say, but I just did want to tell you guys thank you. I appreciate the feedback, and I appreciate the support. Definitely means a lot to me. All right, now that we got the cheesiness out of the way, let's talk some basketball, shall we? And in the last 24 hours, there's been new reports coming from what actually happened with that players meeting, and there's been new developments in this boycotting story, so let's just get this thing going. Obviously, today it was reported that players like LeBron James, Chris Paul, and some Clipper players, including Kawhi Leonard, were annoyed that the Bucks acted unilaterally, and... 
I can see where they're coming from. Look, nobody knew what the Bucks were going to do. All the GMs and execs of the NBA, Adam Silver even said he did not know what the Bucks were going to do. And the Magic obviously didn't know what the Bucks were going to do. They were out on the court warming up, getting ready for a playoff game when the Bucks decided to pull the rug from under them. So I can see where LeBron James and CP3 are coming from. And look, they wanted a united front. That's what they wanted. They were working on maybe putting out a joint statement or maybe unifying the whole league to do a boycott of a few games. But they weren't able to do that mainly because the Bucks decided to go ahead without them and act unilaterally. And, you know, I think this could be why LeBron, Kawhi, and the Lakers and Clippers players walked out of the meeting very angry. You know the report. They said that LeBron, Kawhi Leonard, and Lakers players and Clippers players exited that meeting in the bubble very angrily. And I think that that could definitely be why because I think LeBron James and Chris Paul wanted everyone to be unified and they wanted the communication to permeate through the whole bubble. Like, hey, if we're going to do something, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and everyone's going to be on the same page. But that's not what happened. And while I believe CP3 and LeBron have a point, I'm also not upset with the Bucks for doing what they did. And here's why. They didn't know what they were going to do until about 5 to 10 minutes before tip-off. Like I just told you guys, the Magic were on the court warming up for a playoff game. Five minutes left in warm-ups before the game was going to start, and then they figured out the Bucks weren't coming out. And you saw the video. Some Magic players were very upset as well because I'm sure they felt blindsided because I'm sure the players talked about this, and they talked about if we do something and we're going to do something, it needs to be on a unified basis, and we need to be a unified front. But like I said, I have no quarrels with what the Bucks did just because it was kind of heat of the moment, spur of the moment, and reportedly the Bucks team had discussions about what they were going to do in the locker room before the game and reportedly they were pretty heated discussions some players wanted to play some players didn't want to play and ultimately I think it was George Hill that decided hey you know what guys it's just it's just not worth it to play our hearts are not in it so why are we going to play and ultimately I mean I say George Hill it was really Giannis if you want to look at it because I mean Giannis makes the decisions for that basketball team and I'm sure if he decided that he wanted to play that they would have, but obviously George Hill got to Giannis and got to the rest of the teammates to where they were able to unify and say, all right, even though some of us want to play, we see where you're coming from. We see where everyone's coming from. So let's not play. And I think they can't be blamed for that. It was a heat of the moment. And although I really would have loved to see a fully unified boycott with LeBron James and CP3 leading the way and eventually addressing the media together. I completely get why the Bucks felt the need to make a stand considering the Jacob Blake shooting occurred in Wisconsin, only about 40 to 50 miles away from where the Milwaukee Bucks play. So obviously this hit them deeply and they have a player, Sterling Brown, who is obviously everyone knows has had who has been racially profiled and brutalized by the police before so obviously this hits them in a different way and the fact that it happened in their city where they play in or their state excuse me i mean I, or city whatever it is i don't know i mean that that's powerful stuff there that is powerful stuff and i do not blame the bucks for doing what they did one bit now, although I think a united front would have been good considering it didn't seem like there was much of a plan after the Bucks boycotted, 
But later we did find out that there actually was a plan. So I told you guys when I first found out, I didn't like it because the same reason. I didn't feel like it was a plan. It was a heat of the moment thing. I didn't know what the Bucks were going to do. Now that they boycotted the game, I didn't know what was going to happen. Are we going to boycott more games? Are we going to boycott the whole playoffs? I just wasn't sure. But the Bucks, I'm not sure they had a plan either, but they quickly rallied together and made a plan. And they talked on the phone for hours with Wisconsin lawmakers about the Jacob Blake shooting, about things that they could do to help their community. So it was not, they did have a plan and it was not just scrambling there. And I did, after I learned that, I did feel differently about it. And now looking at it, it's been a few days now resting on it and looking at it now, it might have actually been more effective for the Bucks to do what they did considering the Jacob Blake shooting happened in the state where they play basketball. That makes all the difference to me, and that is why I think the Bucks move was so powerful because that's where they play basketball. And those players got on the phone with Wisconsin lawmakers and tried to enact change and tried to make a difference. And I think that should be commemorated. And I just really love what the Bucks did. Obviously, I said on my last episode, I applaud it. I respect it. I admire it. And I still do. And I might even more now because it might have actually meant more that the Bucks team decided to do this, considering that this happened in the state in which they play basketball. And all things considered, I would, like I said, I would not condemn the Bucks for acting unilaterally, unilaterally, excuse me, in this instance, because their statement was necessary. It was not only necessary, but it was also powerful. It was necessary and powerful because it made a difference. And today I heard people say, well, what did the boycott do? The owners don't care. They're rich enough anyway. So the owners don't care anyway. As we know, the players, that's what they wanted. They wanted to get the owners involved in this because they have connections at the state and federal levels, and they can get things done because they got the money to do it and the connections. And all I heard today was, well, what's the boycott going to do? The owners don't care. They're rich enough anyway. And to that, I would say you're completely and utterly wrong. Because today, the resumption of the playoffs was announced. Now, we did know yesterday that there was going to be a resumption. That was announced yesterday. But today, it was announced by the NBA under specific conditions. They agreed. The NBA agreed to establish a social justice coalition and to use arenas as voting sites for November's election and to promote voting info through advertising in the playoffs. Now, to me, that seems like a big big deal. Not only that, but also if you watched ESPN last night, you learned the horrifying news that Jacob Blake, a man who was shot seven times and is paralyzed, was handcuffed to his hospital bed. Yes, I said that. The man is paralyzed and he was handcuffed to his hospital bed. Well, would you look at that today? Guess what happened? He is no longer handcuffed. So for people to sit here and act like this did nothing and it made no difference, which I'll admit I was skeptical at first too because I didn't know that they had a plan. Like I said though, they did have a plan and this was part of the plan. So I I mean I can't hey, I don't know how people can say that it did nothing. I mean, I'm looking at this and this is amazing to me. They have decided to establish a social justice coalition and to use arenas as voting sites for November's election, obviously making it a lot easier for people to vote and a lot easier for people to vote while being socially distanced and also promoting voting info throughout the playoffs through advertising. I think that's brilliant. 
I think it is definitely one of the best things that the NBA has ever done. And I just can't get enough of it. I love what the NBA is doing. They are taking the leadership stance on this role of social justice. And this is all because of the boycott. None of this would have happened because of the boycott. And now when the playoffs are at the peak and everyone has their eyes on them, like when the Lakers and Clippers hopefully match up, like everyone thinks they will, they're going to be getting ratings through the roof. And they're going to have voting info through advertisements. I couldn't think of anything better for the NBA and to open every arena as voting sites. Well done, NBA. Well done, Bucks. And for those of you that think that this did nothing, I say to you this, I don't know what I don't know what else you would think it would I don't know what you'd want them to do because this is pretty special and it's pretty big and pretty amazing. Well done NBA, well done Bucks and well done NBA Players Association for moving this forward. I think it's absolutely fantastic. All right, and with that, let's get into some basketball talk. We talked a little bit about it yesterday on the podcast, but like I said, I just didn't think we talked about it long enough. Obviously, we got basketball returning tomorrow. We got a little shakeup in the games as well. A little, little different, uh, little different action with the games. I, I noticed some teams switch days a little bit here. And obviously, tomorrow the games will start back up on Saturday, and they will start back up at 1:30 here Mountain Time. Of course, I live in Longmont, Colorado, so. It is 1.30 for me, Mountain Time, 3.30 Eastern Time, though, and that starts with the Bucks and the Magic. Now, I could go into a whole soliloquy and give you guys a whole bunch of stats and all this, all this information about this series, but I'm just not going to do that because I got the Bucks taking this thing and winning it in five. I thought it was going to be a sweep to start. I can't believe it went five, but it did. Giannis has been incredible. I think the Bucks are the best team in the East still. So I'll go with the Bucks in this one. Really not much to talk about there. I mean, the Magic are not a real formidable opponent for a team like Milwaukee. I'll take the Bucks in that one. And now the next game tomorrow is where things get really interesting, and that is the Rockets and the Thunder. And why do they get interesting? Because the postponement of these games might have given Russell Westbrook enough time to come back onto the court. And if you're a Rocket fan, that is very good because you need him. If you remember before this series started when Russell Westbrook was said to maybe miss the whole series, I predicted the Thunder to win in six games. But now that Russell Westbrook is coming back for game five and there's reports that reports from Tim McMahon that he's looked more explosive than ever. Yeah, I think the Thunder might be in some trouble here, and I think the Rockets are going to take Game 5. I really do. I think Russell Westbrook's going to come out in rage. He's going to play like a madman. He's obviously giving it to his former team from the bench, talking all that noise, talking all that crap. So he's been chomping at the bit to play, and I think he makes all the difference for the Rockets. With Russell Westbrook, the Rockets are a very dangerous team, especially the way that they play basketball, the way that they get up and down the court, how many threes they shoot. And Russell Westbrook is going to lead to them shooting more threes. Because he's going to drive the ball, he's going to kick it, he's going to push the pace, he's going to push the tempo, he's going to control that aspect of the game, and he really is just going to give James Harden a rest, which if you saw James Harden those first four games, you can't try to convince me that he did not look exhausted. He's playing 43 minutes a game, he's initiating offense, he's trying to score, he's trying to do so much, he's he's become a way better defender. So he needed his Brody to come back, and his Brody has come back to save him from a first-round exit from Chris Paul, <laughs> one of James Harden's worst enemies now after they done played together last year. So, you know, just interesting thing. I think with Wes Russell Westbrook, the Rockets are in business, and we all know what the Rockets are. If they hit their shots, they are damn hard to beat. If they don't hit their shots, they are not that great. 
I mean, that is what it boils down to. They're going to shoot 63s a game. If they can get 20 of those, that's 60 points, and they're in business. But if they can't and they struggle from the three, then they have a really hard time beating anybody. So I do think that the Rockets will win that game. And, of course, that means that game six. Would it be six? Yes, it would, actually. The series is tied 2-2. So that means game six would be on Monday and if Russell Westbrook's back, I think the Rockets close this thing out in six. I think they get it done, and I think they meet the Lakers in the first round. And speaking of the Lakers, let's get to it. Also, tomorrow night at 7, east, I mean, not Eastern Time, 7 Mountain Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, it'll be game five of the Lakers and the Blazers. Of course, Damian Lillard is back out of the bubble because he has a lateral knee sprain. I don't think he's going to be returning. I think the Blazers have waved the white flag. They know that it's inevitable. The Lakers are going to beat the brakes off of them, and the Lakers are going to move on. And that's what I think happens in Game 5. The Lakers, they're starting to look like the best team in basketball. I mentioned it in a podcast earlier this week. They are starting to look like the best team in basketball again. So watch out. And LeBron James is looking a hell of a lot like playoff LeBron James right where he left off in 2018, which is, to me, the greatest show in sports is playoff LeBron. So buckle up, grab your popcorn. Tomorrow should be a good one for the Lakers. I think that they close that one out pretty easily, mainly because no Lillard. I mean, come on. He's the leader of that team. He makes that team go. Without him, they'll struggle. With him, they struggled mightily against the Lakers. So I can only imagine what it's going to be without him. So look for the Lakers to get that win and move on to the next round. And those are Saturday's games, so let's get into Sunday's games. We got another triple header on Sunday starting at 11 o'clock Mountain Time. That would be 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and that would be game one of the second round, the first game of the second round, and that would be the Celtics and the Raptors a series that I expect to go seven. I'm saying it. I think it'll go seven. You'll know how I feel. I already told you my prediction. I think the Raptors come away with the series win. But as it pertains to game one, I'm also taking the Raptors. And that's only because you know how I feel about Jason Tatum. I still think he needs to show me this series. If he is a star, if he is a star, he needs to show up in this series. And the main reason why I'm looking at Jason Tatum stats versus Toronto in the regular season he has 16 and a half point average, four assists per game average. He's 36% from the three and only 37% from the field. Those are not great numbers against Toronto, but you know, Toronto's got a great defense. That's why I think they're going to go far in these playoffs. I mean, their defense is hectic. That's what they do. And you look at those numbers, 16 and a half points per game versus Toronto in the regular season. Compared to Jason Tatum's postseason numbers so far, he's averaging 27, 27, 27. I said that weird that first time. I don't know what got into me there, but he's averaging 27 so far in these playoffs with 9.8 rebounds. So almost 10 rebounds. I mean, that's pretty good for Jason Tatum. I, I like that. They don't have a lot of size. They definitely need him to get in there, mix it up and get some boards. And he's also shooting 45% from the three. I mean, that's ridiculously good, and 48% from the field. Now, you look at those numbers compared to the Toronto numbers versus the season. I mean, those, those are drastically different. I think Toronto may have his number. I think Nick Nurse is just one of those coaches. He's a great, great coach. He reminds me of the next Greg Popovich, in my opinion. I mean, not everyone could agree with that, but that's just me. And for me, 
I will become a believer in Jason Tatum is the star hype when he does it in this series. Now, I know he had a great series against the 76ers, but there's no Ben Simmons. They had nobody that could check him. Now, the 76ers, they did a great job trying to play defense. They did. I mean, the effort was there. They did a great job, but it's not the same as having Ben Simmons guard him. So now I want to see what he does when he gets a mix of looks from people like OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam. He's going to get a lot of different looks from these Toronto Raptors and everything like that. So I want to see how he responds. And if Jason Tatum truly is a star, he needs to show it in this series. But as for game one, you know what? I think I am going to take the Toronto Raptors. I just love what they're made of. Fred Van Vliet's great coming off the bench. Kyle Lowry is playing with that championship swag. I mean, he is walking around like he is a champion because he is. He's got that monkey off his back, and he is playing freely. And really so is this whole team. And it is really funny what type of confidence you get not funny but rather strange what type of confidence you get once you win a championship and the raptors are feeling themselves right now so look for them to get the game one victory in a close game it'll be close man i'm telling you it's gonna be a knock them out drag them out type of game but i got the raptors winning the game and i got the raptors winning the series in seven and now let's move on to the next game, which is the Clippers and Mavericks. This might be the best first-round series so far, along with the Jazz and Nuggets, which we'll get to next. But the Clippers and Mavericks, it's Kawhi, it's Luka, it's Paul George, it's Kristaps. Maybe it's Kristaps. I don't know. Is he going to play? I have no idea. Because to me, it almost feels like the Mavericks are trying to lose because I did not see Kristaps get hurt. And they keep telling me he's got a sore knee. And I keep wondering, from what? Running up and down the court? What? What's the sore knee for? I. Just, I mean, I. I don't. These are the. Play, I don't get it. If, if you. If you have a image of being a soft player, then you can't be sitting games out because you got a sore knee, man. Come on, come on, Chris stops. Get back in there. But I do think the postponement of these games will allow Chris stops to play on Sunday. So I got Chris stops playing, and the Clippers look. We saw them last game. They looked like the championship contenders. And a lot of people think that I am a Clippers hater because I am a Laker fan. And I'm here to tell you right now, I am not a Clippers hater. The Clippers ceiling as a team is a lot higher than the Lakers. And that means when the Clippers play well, when they play consistent, they are a better team than the Lakers. But here is my problem with the Clippers. They do not always want to be consistent, and they do not always want to play well. They got a lot of lackadaisicalness about them, meaning they seem like the Warriors last year, which is like, let's just coast. Let's turn it on when we can turn it on. And I just have a problem with that, which is why people think I hate on the Clippers, but I don't. I just have a problem with a team acting like they are defending champions, even though they have not won anything. It's almost like they got Kawhi Leonard, and they all felt like they won the title with the Raptors last year. That's how the Clippers have acted all year long. They've been inconsistent. And to me, I'm not a Clippers hater. When I pick the Lakers over the Clippers, it is because they have been inconsistent. I acknowledge they got better players. They got more talent. They got a better team. I know that. I acknowledge that. They got a higher ceiling. The problem is, though, they don't always stay focused. And it's going to be interesting for me to see how they come out in this game. Do they come out and close this series out like they should, like a championship contender would? Or do they play around with Luka Doncic, with Luka Legend, and the Mavericks and end up dropping a game and going to a Game 7? Personally, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Clippers win. We finally did see a Paul George sighting, which I did say on my podcast. I expected a Paul George sighting. I expected a get-right game from him in Game 5, and that's exactly what we got with 35 points from Paul George. Now, that doesn't mean I believe in him for the rest of the playoffs. No, that's not what that means at all because he is always due each series 
for a few games to put up a stinker like he did in those games, a four for 17, a three for 16 with nine points. He's always due for a few of those games each series, so it doesn't bother me. It doesn't concern me. It doesn't make me worry for the Lakers that he got it going last game. Look, I mean, that, that's what he should do. He's a second star, right? He is the Robin to Kawhi's Batman. That is what he should do. So it should be no surprise. That is what he should be doing every night. And the fact that he's not, I think, is a problem for the Clippers. And I think it'll be a big problem for the Clippers come future rounds. And it will manifest itself in the worst time. Just like they're not taking the season seriously, I think, will manifest at the wrong time for them. But I do got them winning game six. I just think they're a better team than the Mavericks. I think they've got to stop playing around with the Mavericks. And the defense the Clippers played last game was great. What will be interesting to me to see is Patrick Beverly. Will he come back in this game? or will he not he's obviously had a few extra days to get that calf right to get it going so i wouldn't be surprised if he plays on sunday but that's going to be a big thing for the clippers i think he's their kind of emotional leader he kind of gives them just that scrappy edge and he is kind of their identity if you really think about it last year he was their identity and this year he's their identity so they've struggled without him i do look for the clippers to get the game six win i thought all along it would be a six game series or actually, no, I thought the Clippers would win in five. I was shocked that it went six, but, you know, it is what it is. I do think the Clippers close it out. I do think it's a close game. I don't think the Mavericks are going to be going out without a fight, nothing like that. Luka Doncic is going to have something to say, especially after Marcus Morris intentionally tried to hurt his ankle. You can say what you want. I know Marcus Morris's history all the way back to Kansas, and he's always been a borderline dirty player. That's how he plays the game. That's how he got his tough guy persona, per se. But I do think Luka Doncic will have a little something for the Clippers. I just don't think it'll be enough as the Clippers will get the series win and move on to round two to face either the Jazz or the Nuggets. And now let's get on to the Sunday night primetime game, which is the Nuggets and the Jazz. It is game six. Can the Nuggets tie up the series? And before, you know, the seeing the series and how they played in the bubble that Saturday game where they went to double overtime, I always felt like this series might be destined to go seven games. And it looks to me like it is. Now, you know how I feel about Mike Malone. I just, I don't believe in him. It's two playoffs in a row now where he's had chances to make adjustments, and he's just done it way too late. And, you know, the great coaches in the NBA know how to make adjustments. Mike Malone obviously still figured it out. I'm not a huge believer in Mike Malone, and if the Nuggets lose in this first round, he should be gone because you got people like Nate McMillan out there, Mark Jackson out there waiting in the weems to become a coach, and Mark Jackson was a great coach, and Nate McMillan was a great coach. Don't understand the Pacers firing of him, and I don't understand how Mark Jackson has not got another job, but that's neither here nor there. That's only because I don't believe in Mike Malone, but we did see him make adjustments last game. He stopped going under the pick and rolls with Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley, and it made a difference. Mitchell was not raining threes, and he had a hard time scoring the ball midway through that second half there when the Nuggets made that adjustment. So I'm hoping the Nuggets can keep that into the next game and keep that moving forward. And really, I mean, I'm picking the Nuggets to make this a seven-game series because I picked the Nuggets to move on in the first round, and I'm not going to leave my pick on that. I believe in this team. This team is more talented than Jazz, and they are just better than the Jazz. They are. They just are. And when people ask, why don't I believe in Mike Malone? That is why. Because this team is just better than the Jazz. Look at them on paper. They're just better. And they are struggling mightily because they cannot stop one person, which is the same problem they had last year. So obviously not much growth there. And that's why I get passionate about it because Mike Malone's got to do a better job. 
Now, with that being said, Jamal Murray's been sensational. Jokic has played well, and I think they show up to play well in Game 6, and I do think the Nuggets will force a Game 7. I do think it's going to be a nail-biter. It's going to be a real close game. It's going to come down to the wire, much like most of these games have. So... It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I can't wait. I'm glad that's on primetime because I think that's a real underrated series. And I'm just sick. If we have good series going on, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of people putting on the marquee teams. Look, we got a Jazz and the Nuggets. Nobody needs to see a Bucks versus the Magic on TV. You know, when you got the Jazz and the Nuggets going on, that's a better series. I understand that more marquee teams, you know, then that that's what drives ratings mainly, but who knows? Maybe if you play a great series on in a primetime match, maybe it'll get a lot of views and the ratings will be good because the series has been good. That's what I'm hoping for this. I do think the Nuggets win game six. I do think Jamal Murray and Yo could show up. I do think also that they got a much needed rest from this postponement as well. Jamal Murray has been playing a lot of minutes and he's looked exhausted in some of these games. So much needed rest for him. I look for the Nuggets to come out and get the victory because they are just the better team. And I look for them to force a game seven, which would be on Tuesday. And you know how I feel. If they do force a game seven, I like the Nuggets because I picked them to win to start the playoffs. And I'm not going to budge off of that just yet because they did win game five, and I do still think they are the better team. So we'll see what happens ultimately. Look, when Donovan Mitchell's almost averaging 40, that's a problem. Nuggets got to find a way to stop him. Mike Malone's got to find a way to get the ball out of his hands. We need to see more traps on Donovan Mitchell and everything of that nature. Let's see if we do in game six. And if not, I think it's a very real possibility that Mike Malone could be on his way out. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, like I said, I got the Nuggets winning that game and forcing a game seven and you know, I do think that they could win this series still. I don't think the series is lost. I do think they could win this series still, but it all starts with game six. Now let's see how they respond. All right, guys, and that'll do it for today's show of Above the Rim. Thank you for joining me on this bonus episode. I had a lot of fun today. I'm really glad basketball's back. I can't wait for this weekend's slate of games, and I can't wait to see more of the social justice involvements that the NBA will have inevitably this weekend. So it'll be a fun weekend. I had a great time doing this bonus episode. Thank you for listening, and thank you for all of the support. It means a ton to me. You have no idea. And also, if you like this podcast, give it a follow on Spotify or add it to your favorites on wherever you listen to podcasts, and make sure to share it around and join in on the discussion. And like I said, share it with people people that love basketball as well. The more, the merrier, and we will see you next time.